0: It's Wednesday, October 9th. Welcome to Skim This. We're breaking down the most complex stories of the day and giving you the context on why they matter. So, are we in a constitutional crisis? With the House of Representatives going all in on its impeachment inquiry and the White House refusing to help them, that's kinda the question of the day. Then, protesters all across South America are pretty enraged right now for a bunch of very different reasons. And finally, why so much of California is in the dark right now. We're here to make your evening smarter. Let's skim this. Today's episode is brought to you by John Hancock. Skim This helps you understand the news today. John Hancock can help you plan for tomorrow. The most complicated story today is about a constitutional crisis. A lot of people are throwing that term around right now. That's because yesterday, the White House wrote a letter to Democratic congressional leaders saying it won't cooperate with their impeachment inquiry. The letter accused the House's investigation of lacking, quote, any legitimate constitutional foundation. Meanwhile, leaders in the House accused the president of obstructing justice. Now, two equal branches of government are in a stalemate, setting the stage for a showdown over the Constitution. Cue dramatic music. So today we're gonna get into what it means to be in a constitutional crisis, what's going on right now, and what's next for the impeachment inquiry. Let's get into it. A constitutional crisis happens anytime there's a huge disagreement between different branches of government over what the Constitution says slash means. This can happen a few different ways. It could be that someone's ignoring legitimate orders from another branch of government, or a series of unfortunate events that make part of the Constitution hard to enforce, or it could just be that the Constitution left something out. The Constitution says a lot, but the Founding Fathers didn't think of everything. Like, until the mid-1960s, the Constitution didn't explicitly say that if something happens to the President, the Vice President takes over. So when President William Henry Harrison died in 1841, there was a constitutional crisis. His VP, John Tyler, stepped in, but a lot of people at the time questioned whether that move was legit. Another thing that can lead to a constitutional crisis is when a line in the constitution is unclear. The constitution can be really vague and different people can understand the same sentence to mean very different things. One of the things the Constitution is kind of vague on is impeachment. It says any federal officials, up to and including the president, can be impeached for, quote, treason, bribery, or other high crimes and misdemeanors. That's some real 18th century language. And as we've heard a lot lately, everyone has a different definition for what actions amount to impeachable high crimes and misdemeanors. So does what's happening right now amount to a constitutional crisis? That's what some people are asking, and there's no clear-cut answer. But one thing that's true is that there's no step-by-step guide for how the impeachment process in the House should work. The Constitution only says that the House, quote, shall have the sole power of impeachment. It doesn't lay out any explicit rules for the House's process. So House leaders say, we get to decide how the process works, and we're doing an investigation. Meanwhile, the White House is dusting off its history books, saying, the last time you guys had an impeachment inquiry with President Nixon and President Clinton, you held a vote first. So you have to do that now. Until then, we're going to block anyone from testifying and from handing over documents. If the White House has a different interpretation of how the impeachment process is supposed to work and chooses to ignore the House's demands under their power of impeachment, House leaders say they're going to have a problem. So what can they do in response? On the one hand, they could decide to hold administration officials in what's called inherent contempt. That means Congress can fine or even jail someone for refusing to cooperate in an investigation. This power hasn't been used in about a century, and it's not clear they're going to do that right now. Or Dems might say they don't want to fight anymore and use Trump's refusal to cooperate as evidence of obstruction of justice, and then move to impeach the president on that. Yesterday, House Intelligence Committee Chair Adam Schiff said that's an option. The failure to produce this witness, the failure to produce these documents, um, we consider yet additional strong evidence of obstruction of the constitutional functions of Congress, a co-equal branch of government. The problem with this is, is that it doesn't help Democrats get the documents or official testimonies they've been asking for. So while Dems figure out their next move, what's next for the impeachment inquiry? For now, the House is planning to keep on keeping on. This week, they plan to talk to the U.S. Ambassador to the European Union, Gordon Sondland. At the last minute, the Trump administration told him not to show up. Now, the House is subpoenaing him. And they're preparing to talk to the former ambassador to Ukraine, Marie Ivanovich, on Friday. She's reportedly wrapped up in this because she was pushing against efforts to get Ukraine to investigate VP Joe Biden's family. This spring, Trump told the State Department to recall her back to the U.S. from Ukraine. Meanwhile, Trump is standing firm. After signing executive orders in the Oval Office this afternoon, he told reporters again that his phone call with the Ukrainian president was perfect. He said he would cooperate with the House after they vote to hold an inquiry, if the House gives him his rights. Because they have a tiny margin in the House, uh, they have eviscerated the rules. Uh, they don't give us any uh, any fair play. It's a, It's the most unfair situation people have seen. So what's the skim? The drama in D.C. is continuing to ramp up, and a majority of Americans think all the drama is worth it. A new Wall Street Journal NBC poll found that 55% of Americans support looking into whether the president should be impeached. A Washington Post poll has an even higher number, 58%. And a poll by Politico out this morning found that half of voters surveyed support actually removing the president from office. But a lot more has to happen before that would even be put to a vote. For now, two branches of government have to work through what may be becoming a constitutional crisis. To learn about what a possible impeachment can mean for your wallet, head on over to theskim.com slash money. There's a few other crises of governmental proportions going down in South America. We've got more on that drama next. You're busy at work, you're busy at home, and you're busy trying to keep up with the world. At Skim This, we help you with that last part. John Hancock can help you with everything else. Because life can get so busy, you forget to plan for all the things you want in the future. Think buying a home or paying off that mortgage, starting a family, and investing for retirement. Seem like a lot? We get it. So does John Hancock. They can help you figure out your financial goals and stick to them. You can even talk to a financial advisor. So take a break and invest some time in future you. They'll thank you for it. Go to theskim.com forward slash future to learn more. You may have heard about protests across South America lately. So today, we're going on a Carmen Sandiego-style roundup of the latest. First up, Ecuador. Ecuador's in the news because on Monday, the government up and left the capital to escape protesters. The president and his staff are camped out by the coast, but waiting this one out could be hard. That's because people in Ecuador are muy enojado after President Lenin Moreno cut fuel subsidies last week, which basically doubled the price of gas. Moreno scored a $4.2 billion loan from the International Monetary Fund in March. But in exchange, the IMF said, you've got to cut spending, and those subsidies are pricey. Now, Moreno's got to convince protesters to chill. Public transport workers have been striking for a week, while protesters have barricaded roads and even broke into parliament yesterday. What happens next isn't clear. But now we have to get to Peru. Last week, Peru's president, Martin Vizcara, dissolved Congress. He said his opponents in Congress were blocking reforms to clean up Peru's politics. So he wanted new elections. Reportedly, more than 84% of Peruvians are into that. But surprise! Congress ain't having it. So Congress told Peru's president, we're dissolving you, or at least your presidency. That plan's kind of fallen apart, too, (laughs) leaving things in a bit of a stalemate. Vizcara is reportedly holed up in his palace, and many Peruvians are out in the streets either celebrating or protesting this whole messy situation. Because it is a mess. Three former presidents of Peru are under investigation for a range of crimes. One's in jail, and another was arrested earlier this year. So, lots of cleaning up to do. For the final stop on our tour, we're off to Bolivia. Bolivian President Abel Morales is running for a fourth term in office, and his re-re-re-election bid has hit a few snags. There have been protests this week over a new deal to export lithium to Germany to make electric car batteries. Protesters say Bolivia got a bad deal, and it's the government's fault. Morales has also caught heat for its response to some huge wildfires. You've heard about Brazil's fires, but Bolivia's also got it bad. Around 10 million acres have burned, and there's frustration that Morales didn't declare a national disaster. Heavy rain put out some of Bolivia's fires this week, but whether that's enough to extinguish growing frustration with Morales is unclear. So that's all for today's South American tour. But if anything major breaks, we'll be on the next flight back. Power outages often come by surprise and leave you rummaging around in the dark for a flashlight or that Bath & Body Works candle you swear you remember buying. But starting today, hundreds of thousands of households across California got a heads up before their power cut out. The state's electrical utilities are pulling the plug on purpose. The reason has to do with wildfires. Tis the season for wildfires in California, where the weather is very dry in the fall and winter. And the strong Santa Ana winds can make wildfires worse. Not to mention the fact that during the last wildfire season in 2018, more than 100 people died and 17,000 homes were destroyed. So this time around, California's utility companies are being extra cautious and taking electricity out of the equation. Starting with the areas most at risk, which is a lot of California. From Humboldt County up north, all the way south to Santa Barbara County. And people are being warned that they could be without power for days. That's a long time to sit in the dark, especially for people who need power for things like running medical equipment. So hopefully this move is worth it. But experts say there's no quick fix to California's wildfire problem. And real preventative measures like burying power lines under the ground are too expensive. So until that gets sorted out, we're pulling for you, California. And that's all for Skim This. Thanks for listening, and we'd love for you to subscribe and leave a review. Also, we want to let you know about a new episode from our other podcast, Skimmed from the Couch. In this week's show, our co-founders and CEOs, Carly and Danielle, sat down with Vicky Sai, the founder of Tatcha Beauty Products. They talk about the big risks Vicky had to take early on to build the company, which included everything from selling all her belongings and moving back home with her parents, and why those risks actually made perfect sense. Listen to this new episode on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts.